Welcome, everyone, to a special episode of the NPCs Discuss. In this episode, we'll be talking about our predictions for 20 of the 31 categories for the upcoming Game Awards for 2023. My name is Travis Sherman, and as always, for the NPCs podcast, I'm joined by Kyle Inman. Kyle, this is going to be a fun one, I think. Oh, I think so. I think so, too. (laughs) Yeah, so we have actually reached that point. 2023 has basically come and gone, and we are at the stage of talking about game awards. I know Giant Bomb is in the midst of doing their yearly roundup of games and the awards and such that go along with them, at least from their own. But we have the big ceremony coming up here this Thursday, uh, December 7th. And we wanted to kind of get ahead of it a bit by taking a look at the list of the 31 categories, narrowing down to 20 that we feel like we probably can talk about and giving our predictions on what each of those games might end up uh, taking away the award for that category. So yeah, it it was just such a deluge of of games this year that it it was it was kind of ridiculous honestly to try and keep up at all. Oh yeah, absolutely. It seemed like I remember I think it was last year talking about how many things we were looking having to look forward to for February just mm-hmm. because of how how stacked really everything got. Uh it seemed like there was just not enough time to play every single game out there. Um, of course, you had major hits that dropped all this year. You had surprises that dropped this year as well, too. Um, yeah, it's been a lot. And I guess that's why it's going to be interesting to talk about, because I guess we'll offer up our disclaimer here at the beginning of this, is that Kyle and I have not played a majority of the games here in this list. The podcast itself and the things we kind of do behind the scenes in that aren't necessarily our full-time job. We've got our main jobs, we've got families, we've got other responsibilities in that that require our our attention. And so some of these games we've played, some of these things we've experienced, but of course there's a lot of these things that we've had to experience secondhand, whether it be talking with other people, whether it be watching the reviews of the games, watching uh, playthroughs of the games as well too, and reading other articles uh, on the games themselves as we go through our usual weekly news roundup. So the disclaimer here, of course, is that we're going to do our best to be fair, but at the same time, you know, take everything with a grain of salt because we're not the experts in this and we're just going to do our best and have some fun with it. Yeah, it it's fun for us and it, it should be fun for you guys, too. So I I, I think with that, let, let's begin. Absolutely. So we are going to be jumping into the first category here. So we're looking at the actual list of nominees on the GameAwards.com. And so we are going to be taking a look at the best game direction category first. So best game direction is the award for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. So the nominees they have on the list are Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. 
So, Kyle, this is a this is an interesting one here because obviously they're they're all sequels, except maybe Super Mario Brothers Wonder. I mean, it it follows the similar narrative of every other Mario platformer game. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a big category for sure because um, Spider-Man 2 not only introduces the combination of Peter Parker and Miles Morales in the same game, but also introduces Venom and completely retcons the entire uh, Venom storyline. You also have Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, where we're back in Hyrule, but this time we introduce none other than Ganondorf himself and also have to deal with brand new mechanics all of the other mechanics that people had come to know love and understand from breath of the wild are gone and taking on an entire new world uh that is hyrule i mean you'd expect it to be the same and but only some things are um alan wake 2 of course sequel to the very popular alan wake game of course i'm a little sad to see that there were no advertisements for energizer batteries in this one though but um (laughs) If you played the original Alan Wake, you understand what I'm talking about here. Um, Of course, we had the successful game Control from Remedy prior to this game coming out, and it all really linking together between Alan Wake 1, Control, and Alan Wake 2, kind of piecing it all together into their own little universe. Um, And then, of course, Baldur's Gate 3, um, effectively playing Dungeons & Dragons in, in video game form, other than a lot of very spicy, sexy scenes in this game. I mean, the number of TikToks I saw of all of the all of the girls playing this game and trying to get with the the vampire guy or the the bear fornication scene. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, I mean, which one? Wh- like, what's your prediction, Kyle, on this one? Like, what do you think is going to take it away, and what do you think the upset would be? Oh man. Um... Shoot, this is such a tough cat. There are going to be so many of these categories that I'm going to stare at and go, God bless it, God bless it. Um, I think I'm going to, because uh, I know a lot about four of them, and one of them I've seen videos, and it makes me mad every time I see a video because I really want to play it, but yeah. I refuse to pick it up on Epic Game Store because it'll just be forgotten about. So I think... For my best game direction, I'm going to go with Alan Wake. And I think my upset is going to be... Oh, I'm going to catch so much flack for this. Tears of the Kingdom. Mine relatively goes a similar way like yours, but um, I think think it's going to be a toss-up between Baldur's Gate 3 and Spider-Man 2. Mm -hmm. And... That's only because, I mean, Alan Wake 2, I don't know really, like, how many new people it sucked in um, and whether or not, like, the Alan Wake remaster actually pulled in a lot of people, whether it, like, pulled in um, the people who played the game originally and wanted that refresh or those who um, had never played it before. Like, how many people hopped into Alan Wake 2 without playing 1? So I'm looking at it like that. But Baldur's Gate 3 seems to be at that level of of hitting every button you possibly could uh, for gamers. It doesn't matter if you are a gamer who who plays D&D or even understands D&D. This seemed like something that everybody was playing and could get into. And then, of mm-hmm. course, Spider-Man 2, far, uh, far from it being just a PlayStation exclusive, it's one of those 
games that I feel like has kind of the um the the energy and passion behind Insomniac and the way that they took the Spider-Man universe and made it their own and they continued to do that and make things fresh and exciting still in the exact same world is mm-hmm. is nice. But I think where my that's why it's like it's a toss up for me between those two. But I think my biggest upset is actually going to end up being Super Mario Brothers Wonder. And the only reason I say that is that that's why I said it was similar with you is because it's a Nintendo game is because Nintendo already has the reputation. Nintendo already has the the um, the wherewithal behind them to produce quality games. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it'd be one of those things where it's like, eh, yeah, you'd figured be a shoe in for it. And obviously it made it to the list along with Tears of the Kingdom. But if that was the one that got picked, I'd be like, really? Yeah. So. Y- you know, honestly, I'm looking at this and I, I think I do want to shoot. I want to change Alan Wake. I do want to change oh, Alan really? Wake to okay. Spider-Man. And my upset's still going to be Legend of Zelda. Okay. Yeah. Why are you changing it? Uh, the reason I think I want to change it is because, number one, because of the next category. Um, and actually, I feel like the direction, um, just because I've been avoiding videos um, and like I said I I don't know a ton about Alan Wake I don't know how the direction is in the game I've seen a ton of Marvel Spider-Man and the the way they integrate everything together it's just so smooth and um, it's just it it is really creative how how they they, I, I guess pushed you through the story and it wasn't even pushing you through the story how how they moved you through the story Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's carry on then to our next bit here, and that is Best Narrative. So this award is the Outstanding Storytelling and Narrative Development in a Game. So in the nominees list, we've got Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, and Marvel Spider-Man 2. So Kyle again, same question. This time I am going with Alan Wake because what snippets I have seen it it does it definitely follows suit with the previous game you know uh, the narrative direction how they develop the story in and tell it my upset is actually going to be Phantom Liberty on this one mm, interesting yeah so I I will go a little bit not necessarily on the inverse here but um, inverse at least on your upset is that I actually think best narrative will go to Cyberpunk. But I think the upset for me will be Final Fantasy 16. And my reasoning behind that is with Phantom Liberty, or at least Cyberpunk 2077, even though it launched in such a precarious state, and it was the butt of every joke possible, uh, it was all the refunds and everything, it really had a, um, what do I want to consider, consider this, an ugly duckling moment, really, mm-hmm. is that now it's grown into this full-fledged, beautiful swan, and it is it's definitely had its revival it's definitely had its its day back like that it actually proved that the game that they were that were hyping up is now finally complete and here and i just feel that that's a big thing for it especially because they have branched out farther and have mm-hmm. actually brought more people into it as well with that narrative by introducing things such as cyberpunk edge runners on Netflix. I feel right. like 
now that that's been done and Netflix is accessible for about anybody, now it, it flips the tables and it's like, well, now that stuff is actually showing up in the game. And it's it's driven a lot of things along. And even with the way that Idris Elba was acting, too, in Phantom Liberty and the continuation of the story of Cyberpunk, the story of V, I just, I don't know. That's why I see that as being really the one for narrative. The With Final Fantasy 16, this kind of goes back to the, what I was talking about with Nintendo games, mm. is that it's a Final Fantasy game. They're not all linked together. They're not all one big cohesive storyline and even Square Enix has made mention of that because they get asked that question a lot like where right. do I start it's like they're all independent regardless of the number but again Final Fantasy 16 just seems like one of those where they do put a lot of effort into these games they do make they do have a lot of work that they put in and they do tell a great story but once again there are times it feels like with Final Fantasy it's the same story over and over again in some way Right, right. You know, and it's funny because last night, I think when we were discussing some of this, I had mentioned that Final Fantasy was probably going to be my upset for that category. And I think I had com- picked com- two completely different things. But I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of shooting from the hip tonight. I, just going with <laughs> what feels right. All right. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So let's move on to the next category here, and that is Best Art Direction. So Best Art Direction Award is for Outstanding Creative and or Technical Achievement in Artistic Design and Animation. So in this uh, category, we've got Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, you can kind of see, I think, folks, what the narrative is here, at least with some of these games this year. Even though we had a bunch of great games this year, you can really see where things kind of got narrowed down at on this. But... You know, as we go through some of these other categories, some of it will obviously change around. But, uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on this? So, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what my thoughts are, but I feel like it's gonna be the inverse. My, my pick would be Hi-Fi Rush, and my upset would be Super Mario Brothers Wonder. But I, I really feel like it's gonna be inverted at the show. I'm I'm actually right there with you too. Those were my choices as well. Um, Hi-Fi Rush, I believe, at least for the art style there, was fantastic. This actually and is like, I'll, I'll make mention. Gameworks. Yeah, I'll make mention. This is this is a game I actually did play. I did not beat it, but I did play it. Um, the art style being that, um, that cell-shaded, hand-drawn feeling to it, as well as a lot of more of the comic book style to it, um, as well as the... I think just look of the overall environment that, you know, we were, everybody was so ingrained into what cyberpunk looked like and looking at cyberpunk 2077, you know, when when I'm talking cyberpunk, I'm talking the genre, but then you look at the way the cyberpunk 2077 game came out. This was kind of a fresh take on what cyberpunk could be without being too, you know, without being out there. It basically made it more accessible to people and it made it more kind of out there, but it was also still full of goofiness. It was still like, Oh, here's this robotic cat that's talking to me. And it's like, Oh, it's actually a person that's using the cat to talk to me instead. And you know, (laughs) the cat's a cyborg and it's just, it's that part for me was goofy too. Um, But I really liked the quality of the art and it kind of gave a, a step away from some of the other stuff we've seen, you know, instead of being this huge graphical achievement in something, you know, something that requires ray tracing and, and runs at like 
you know, uh, or is forced to run at 60 FPS because of that ray tracing, but it looks like it's from real life. Yeah, that's great and all. I love games that look like that. I love games that look like real life. But this was a breath of fresh air this year, just to kind of like see that it was announced and then it literally released the same day on Xbox. Oh, yeah. No, that the the blindside announcement and then it was like congratulations you can just play it on on game pass today it was like wow that that's really cool that was nice this summer but oh yeah definitely uh i i don't know it almost gave me uh i back in the 360 days they had the xbox uh summer games or something uh but it was like all arcade games that they launched it kind of gave me vibes of that, but it was like, you know, a full release title. It just felt like it was something special for Xbox because we got to play it for free if you had, you know, Game Pass Ultimate or... Yeah. Um, so, but beyond that, I mean, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, um, that, that one's an upset for me because it it's very much a change in what they've done before with Mario. Um, every time you get a Wonder Flower, it just it totally makes some of the levels wacky. And honestly, it doesn't necessarily work to your benefit. It makes replaying some of the levels, you know, over a few times worth it. It, it reminds you of going back to like Super Mario Brothers on, on Super NES in that aspect. But it does have that, you know, open world, like wander around to pick levels that you, you got in, I think it was uh, the... Super Mario Brothers 3D World. Um I don't know. It it just great di- great direction um in the art for it and it a little bit of a change of pace and it 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 was fantastic. <laughs> mhm. But I still I I feel what you're 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 uh putting down on on Hi-Fi Rush. The the art direction it's not something that all games can pull off. And when when a game pulls off the cel shaded graphics, and, and does it well and properly, it I don't know it it is really a piece of art. Absolutely, just because we don't get many of them much anymore now, so right. that's a big thing. Um, all right, let's carry on to the next category here, and that one is best ongoing. Again, folks, just remember we're not hitting every single category here; we're just hitting the ones we feel confident at least in talking about. So we're talking about Best Ongoing here next, which is a award for a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. So nominees in that category include Apex Legends, Cyberpunk 2077, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. What, no Vampire Survivor? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm actually surprised that isn't in here. I really wish it was. That would have been a good one because they've been doing a pretty good job with content there. But... um, Oh, this is a tough one, Kyle. Mm-hmm. I'm having some doubts about this one, but what do you think? Uh, right? It hurts. There, there's there's one I really don't want to vote for because it... Uh, and you and I played it, the, that being Fortnite. It, it's okay. Um, I I feel like it, it's just too much anymore. Um, I, I think the best ongoing... Maybe cyber. Uh, I I think actually I'm gonna go with Final Fantasy as my pick and Cyberpunk as my second, as my. Mm. What's your upset? No. My upset's gonna be Genshin. Okay, I think 
Oh, man. I, I'm looking at this and I'm really considering kind of these things here because like I think I'm gonna say that the best ongoing is gonna go to Fortnite. I think that'd be my choice. And I think my upset would be Genshin Impact, and here's why. I mm -hmm. think that Fortnite with the recent return to the OG map or their OG season that they just wrapped up today as of this recording, um they have basically laid out what the next three major updates are going to be to Fortnite already and or or at least the next two. Um and it definitely is an expansion further of what Epic Games has planned Fortnite to be anyway. Is it, it's become really this multiverse where you can play as Goku, you can play as Darth Vader, um and now upcoming you're going to be able to play as Peter Griffin or even Solid Snake. Um they made that announcement too, wow. but now the next part in these next seasons, because they had their big event today, um, they uh, introduced uh, another black hole. They basically replayed the same um, event ending from this previous one, but they changed it by including the showing off of Fortnite Lego. So you're actually going to be doing Lego in Fortnite now. Um they introduced a new like racing mode that seems to be like a mix of Hot Wheels and Rocket League. Um, Weird. And then they had a little concert bit at the end where it was because uh, they had just recently introduced Eminem as mm -hmm. a character um, or as a, a skin in Fortnite. Uh, they actually had a little concert there of Eminem doing his um, uh, song Lose Yourself. And then it moved over to his song. What is it? God, oh my gosh, Godzilla, I think, or whatever it is. Or it's his more recent one, it, it, like his more recent, more popular one. Um, but it was that, and that was pretty interactive itself. And I think that's that's the type of stuff that really does lead to being a good ongoing game because it changes the narrative so much. It changes all these different things up and keeps people invested. And they do a good job of it. It's not these stale kind of restarts of things it, it seems like they're they're bringing in fresh ideas and so mm. that's why i think that'd be a big one whereas genshin impact is just for the best ongoing i mean they, i know they're adding in more story stuff and they're adding in more um things to do but a lot of it with genshin is just more characters like it really seems to be a lot of emphasis on just these new characters oh yeah so that's See, my that's my reasoning and I, I, I think Genshin, just because it, it's starting to gain uh, the tenure that, that something like Fortnite has. Um, of course, I, I feel like it is it does have a larger audience um, overseas than it does in the U.S., but it has quite a large audience in the U.S. anyway. Um, and, uh, of course, um, it is another one that you can play on mobile and you know on PC on game consoles um Final Fantasy though I one of the reasons I picked that one is that they just had the new expansion announced and every or new expansions announced um but beyond that you know after after dipping my toes in personally I know we we both did for a while and I I did for a, I think a little bit longer actually <laughs> um but I don't know. I I see the allure of it and, and I see um why it, it's you're able to sink so many hours into it and and 
even play multiple characters on it. So I, I think that's why Final Fantasy is my top pick. Okay. Well, then, that'll be fun to see exactly how well we uh, turn things out here on this one. Uh, let's carry on, though, to the next category here, Kyle. Keep things rolling. Best Community Support. It's an award that uh, recognizes a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity and game updates and patches. So in the uh, nominees here, we've got Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, and No Man's Sky. So I have my I'm, idea already, Kyle. What do you got? I'm going to go with Baldur's Gate and Final Fantasy as my upset for Final Fantasy. I will agree on the award part for Baldur's Gate, but I will go with my upset being Destiny 2. Mm, that's the fair. Reason, I, the, the other reason, reason I, say, I, I didn't pick Destiny 2 is because why? their recent um, conundrum that they had run into uh, with flack back from from fans uh, about, you know, new new content coming and recent uh, recent patches just being short, recent expansions being short. Um, and I, I feel like they haven't been as upfront um, recently as they have been in the past, but um, that, that's the only reason I didn't pick Destiny 2. Well, the, yeah, I mean, I picked them as my upset just because of that reason that, like, if they get picked, it'll be like, really? After all the things this year that have kind of led to the sort of the chaos there at at, um, at Bungie right now? Like, I mean, they've had they've had the layoffs. They pushed back the release of um, of yeah. Marathon. Um, and it seems like every time there's been feedback, they've just been taking forever to actually get things done. Like, I know they have their, like, weekly blog that they put out where they talk about some things, but it seems like they just haven't emphasized a lot on the things that they're going to do to try to kind of keep things up. And so that's the reason why I consider that to be my upset is just because it's like if that does get picked, it's like, what happened? I think it's going to yeah. be Baldur's Gate, though, for sure. Yeah, I, I think so, too. They, they've just been, even, even with the launch of their console edition for xbox and all the extra content they've they've been giving they've been very forward about like literally everything that comes with it you know all all the stuff that they're going to be putting in the xbox version every time they come out with a new patch they they're very concise it, it's it's just awesome yeah absolutely all right let's move on to the next category here kyle we've got best Ooh. independent game and this is going to be a big one for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game mo or game made outside the traditional publisher system. So nominees are Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. Mm. Kyle, I've already kind of got mine in my head right now. What are you thinking? Oh, man. I want to hear yours. Uh, you want to hear mine this first? Is, th this is, I... of course, the hard category because this is the one that Jeff Keighley had to answer for, for Dave the Diver being on. And... You know, people I, started pointing fingers towards Dredge, too. So, yeah. So here's here's my thing. So I have my idea for who will get awarded. I don't have an upset, though. And the only reason for that is because I don't know enough about the rest of these indie, like indie games to be able to actually point and say, like, which one could be worse than the other, because they're all very different games. Mm -hmm. Like, it's an independent game, but we've got um, 
Viewfinder, which is a puzzle game. We've got Sea of Stars, which is more of like an RPG. You've got Dave the Diver, um, which I, I guess, how would you classify that one? It's not an RPG. It's a... Uh, it's a undersea exploration fishing slash cooking restaurant management game. See, exactly. I wouldn't know how to classify it at all then. Uh, yeah, no, that's what I'm yeah. saying is that it's like it's tough to say because they're all different titles like or all different categories, although they all are yeah. independents. But I think my award is going to end up being Viewfinder. I like the idea of that puzzle game itself. I like the idea that you're using a camera uh, to basically shoot Polaroids of these different areas um, and effectively build out new ways to navigate around. It's a short game, but it I just love the idea of stuff like that where you're taking these, these innocuous-seeming things and just making them do bigger and better things. It's similar to like kind of some of the... Um, what was the name of the... Um, game with the uh perspective in that in it where it's like you had to like make things bigger and smaller based on the perspective they were at it would make things larger you get a painting lined up and you could make something appear that wasn't super liminal was it it was super liminal yeah that's it yeah games like that it's such an interesting premise even things going back to um oh i have this game in my steam library i can't remember now um oh the stanley parable it's stuff like that that's just so wacky but it's also so unique in that way that it's 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 just a great premise. I love those types of things. Not to say anything else on here is bad. I'm just saying it's like that's my go-to. So I that's why I'm picking Viewfinder. So I I really want to pick Viewfinder. I really want to pick Sea of Stars. Honestly, I'm going with the two upsets. And my my prime my my main pick is gonna be Dave the Diver, uh, with Dredge being my upset. Um, to be fair, in my defense, they yes they they are both studios. One's a studio that was published by uh, a large publisher. One was a studio that is owned by a larger developer slash pu- publisher. That being Dave the Diver, owned by the uh, Mint Rocket is owned by um, shoot. I, I'm now I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Uh, NCSoft, I think. Okay. But um, and, and I could be wrong on that. Uh, but I know they're owned by a larger company. Uh, regardless, it they are small studios. They they were small teams that worked on them. Um, I think Dave the Diver wasn't a was a team of not more than fifteen people. That put that together. Um, mm-hmm. Dredge was an even smaller team. Uh, both are fantastic games. Both um, completely unique ideas. Um, Dave the Diver, of course, has a off the wall story to you know pair with this just kooky kooky gameplay uh, that that starts out with you being invited to just this blue hole that's that has every type of sea creature. Because you like to dive, so I—I I mean, yeah, it—it's it, a really hard category. They're all fantastic games. Um, the only one I don't really know—well, I shouldn't—I, uh, sh- yeah, uh, the only one I don't know about is Cocoon. Um, and it's just because I really haven't seen a whole lot on it. I—I I think I've watched the entirety of Viewfinder, and I still want to play it. Hmm. 
Hmm. Okay. Well then. I guess let's carry on here because, yeah, this is still going to be even crazier because we move into the best debut indie game. Mm. And that one's the best debut game created by a new independent studio. And that brings a couple of these back on the list, such as Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba, and Viewfinder. Oh, my goodness. Mine's going to be viewfinder and my upset is pizza tower what is pizza tower so pizza tower it's almost like a time trial game or basically you're you're running around as this chef in a pizza tower I, i don't even know how to describe it but you you run into walls and you have to like bounce off the walls and basically try to complete levels um, as quickly as possible, it almost, in a in a sense, will remind you of like Battle Block Feeder or something, uh, but m- much more fast paced. At least it's supposed to be completed fast paced. Yeah, the description given here by the developers on Steam say that it's uh, inspired by the Wario Land series, with an emphasis on movement, exploration, and score attack. So yeah, it's definitely a yeah. fast paced game here for sure, and I. I you know, I do like the look of it itself, but it, I definitely would probably consider that one my upset in this one. But I'm still going back to Viewfinder being my debut indie game there for sure. And that's just, again, that uniqueness always drives me crazy on things. And I think yeah. it's it's a good one because it's short, but it's it, it it's awesome. Well, and that's one that when we both saw the trailer, what, at the end of last year, we immediately added it to our Steam wish list. Um, it, mm. it, it's just one that... It it's it's unreal the 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 creativity behind that one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about mobile games here now, Kyle. So this is the next category: best mobile game for the best game playable on a mobile device. We got Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, Hello Kitty Island Adventure, Honkai Star Rail, Monster Hunter Now, and Terra Nil. Huh. I think. My choice for pick would be Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, with my upset being Honkai Star Rail. Um, Ever Crisis, like of course, is it's done well enough on mobile that it's actually getting a Steam launch. Um, so we'll we'll be able to play it on PC along, I I believe, along with uh mobile players. Uh, but beyond that. Uh, it's it's Final Fantasy, it and it's it does it justice. Um, it, it's not just you know a a grind game or you know a one to sink money into. I I'm fairly certain you can, but um, I I've only ever just started it. I want to say, but and I I I've only started a Honkai as well, but um, that one's along the same lines as uh Genshin Impact. Um, mm-hmm. as far as like gameplay, um, just a slightly different. Um, I don't know. It it it's fun, and if you enjoy the the JRPGs, it, it's worth playing. Um, I've I've just never really been into Monster Hunter, and I, I don't. I I'm not gonna play a Hello Kitty game personally. Sorry. <laughs> right. I think 
like so I was looking these ones up here because yeah, I knew about Honkai Star Rail and it's it's also from Hoyoverse, so it follows along yeah. the same the a similar format to uh to um uh Genshin, Genshin Impact. Yes, yeah, thank you. My mind was going blank there for a second. Uh yeah, it's it follows a similar format to Genshin Impact, but it takes place more in the current world instead of some sort of other fantasy world. It kind of gives vibes of say like persona for example of the the world that it's in without actually being persona um hello kitty hello kitty island adventure looking that one up seems to be more like a mix of animal crossing and some type of mystery exploration game and then of course you've got monster hunter monster hunter now which is a game made by niantic and seems to focus similar to games like pokemon go and then of course you got terra nil which is a city builder and uh, what about Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis? Is that more of just a like an auto shooter type game? Um, no. If I remember right, um, it, granted, I didn't play. I haven't played it since it came out. But if I remember right, it is a actual turn based RPG. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to remember here from from some of the things. There, yeah, it looks like that's the case. Is that it is? If I remember right, the aspect ratio isn't like side to side though. It's like top. It's uh back forward. Uh yeah, it's yeah, it definitely seems to have a little bit more of that inspiration of your original turn-based stuff for Final Fantasy, but yeah, um, but it definitely is more of the yeah, it's definitely more of the side-based stuff. But needless to say, um, I guess my and this one is tough for me to say. I, I would think Honkai Star Rail probably is going to end up winning this one. I think my upset would be. Oh God! Maybe Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven. Yeah, yeah. It, again, it, it kind of comes back to the other Final Fantasy stuff. Like the last Final Fantasy games that came out on mobile were those those timed city builder ones where you could build up like your certain areas and that to defend and and um and earn money and resources in, but they were all like, you know, pay to win type ones. And you had to send off like yeah. armies and that to go and do different things and come back. And that was all time-based too. I, I don't think that that's what this one is per se, but again, I think a lot of it kind of comes down to the namesake part though, too, is that it's, it's final fantasy. It's like, let some other things win. Um, city builder games on mobile. I mean, that's pretty cool. Like with Terra nil, I, I'm going to have to go check that one out too. But again, part of the problem is that, a lot of games when it comes to being on mobile anyway aren't generally these ones that you're overly invested into for long periods of time. They're generally right. short stints. I know a lot of that's been changing over the years, but the the game format on on um mobile has generally been like quick one and done when you're, you know, in passing on something. So that's why it's like I like but even so, like Honkai still kind of offers some of that, but also Honkai Star Rail has that cross compatibility where um, you can play on your PC and sync your saves over to your mobile device and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And um I think that is that's a that's a big point on on Honkai is is you can sync profiles and everything. Um so you can play it on uh different devices. Um makes it a lot easier to level your character. But when you're you're away from you know where you're you're you would regularly play you can also play it on your cell phone so i i guess it it makes it helpful um 
to push that along, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I still feel that, um, I don't know. I just got to go with Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I won't fight you there. All right. Let's move on here to our next category then, and that is the best VR AR, which is best game experience playable in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. So what we've got here is Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Humanity, Resident Evil Village VR mode, and Synapse. What do you got, Kyle? Oh, man. This is a tough one because I, wa- I want to say... Hmm, I heard Call of the Mountain was the reason to get the VR, so I'm probably going to go with that one as my pick. Um, I really want to put Resident Evil is my upset just because a VR tall vampire mommy, but I th- I think my uh, upset's going to be Gran Turismo. You think so? Okay. So yeah. I'm going to go with Gran Turismo. Actually, Turis- swap that. Gran Turismo's my pick. Uh, Call of the Mountains, my upset. <laughs> Thank you, because I was going <laughs> to that was going to be mine. That was going to be mine. Um, Synapse looks great, um, yeah. but it looks like most of your other VR shooters. Um, <clears throat> with uh, Resident Evil Village VR mode, that's just that's just absolutely terrifying. Um, yeah, when when those daughters show up, ugh, I I I probably my pants would become heavier. That's for sure. I'm really surprised that nobody's actually died playing a VR game just from actual like shock from one of these horror games, right? And I'm trying to look at like what humanity actually is here, I'm trying to see what this is because it's like there's all this navigating people around and moving them, I guess, to get to these different spots. I, I don't I don't know what the heck is actually going on here. I'm a little confused by that video. So, yeah, I don't know. But Gran Turismo 7 in VR, I've watched a lot of people play that and a lot of people experience it. And they say that for playing a VR game, that's the definitive experience right there. Like, they feel that driving simulations are the way to go for VR stuff. Like or anything that involves like actual like vehicle simulation having that in mm-hmm. VR seems to be that next phase of things where you can buy all of the stuff to actually have like a simulator you know whether it be for flight sim whether it actually be for racing games um or even your standard driving games like farming simulator or uh um like euro truck simulator uh it seems like those are the best suited to actually be the things to kind of take that next step into VR and Gran Turismo seems to be the best presentation of that at this point in time, even if it is all locked into one platform. Mm-hmm. So that that's my take on it. But Matt, let's uh, let's talk about this next one here, Kyle, because we're we're about halfway through the list now, which is kind of cool. Um, let's move on to best action game for the best game in the action genre, focused primarily on combat. We've got Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. So what do you think? Um, I think my action game is going to be Armored Core, with my upset being Hi-Fi Rush. Armored Core, of course, it's a revival of a classic from Software Franchise, and what a fantastic revival. It, it doesn't really fit what the 
more recent from software format has been um as far as being souls like this one is more focused on you know developing your mech and and developing your mech to be suitable for the action of of each mission um but beyond that hi-fi rat hi-fi rush it's just zany action it's it's something totally different from Tango Gameworks. I know I said it earlier in the list, but uh, it they did it right and they did it justice. And I I, I think it, it it's probably as deserving as Armored Core for best action game. Yeah, I think I would agree on the Armored Core part for sure because yeah, it is a departure from what From Software has been doing as of late, and it's not that it's a souls game now with mechs it's it's not um it's a really nice break away from what they had been doing as of late um mm. my upset kind of jumps between two different ones here i think it'd be dead island 2 and hi-fi rush and it's not to say that hi-fi rush is a bad game at all in any way whatsoever it's a great action game um but it some of the action of course seems to really be repetitive at least as it comes around it definitely feels more like a a hack and slash like there's no real need to like strategize or anything it basically is like you're powering yourself up you're you're unlocking these upgrades to yourself but you're going around just performing these different combos to music to um take down enemies but right. you know it, and it's all based on that combo system itself and so that's kind of my reasoning behind it maybe it's kind of a very weak reason but that's just my take on the matter um, and Dead Island 2, it's just, it's more zombies, really. I'm just, yeah. I'm kind of tired of zombie games right now, so. I, I I feel, I feel you on Dead Island 2, though, honestly, a little bit, because uh, Dan Buster, they, you know, they got the game after how many studios had the, the title, and basically had to redo it again for the third, or God knows how many time. Um, but not only that, they did action better than the first game in my opinion because it, it, it's not just that flat oh you get you know melee weapons for the first you know three quarters of the game um and that being focused more in directed areas i i feel like it moved you through the game a lot quicker um it it kept the pace and it, it kept the story um up in instead of having lulls that that you had in the original one Okay, so you so you agree at least on that one, but you're still which I do. what did you consider your upset though was Hi-Fi Rush? Uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Okay, my 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 pick is still Armored Core though, and I'm there with you too. Is just making sure. Okay, so let's go ahead and carry on to the next one, which is the best action adventure, which uh, is an award for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. So we got Alan Wake Two, Marvel's Spider-Man Two, Resident Evil Four. Star Wars Jedi Survivor and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. What do you got, Kyle? Uh, Zelda with my upset is Spider Man. So Zelda would be your award, and Spider Man yep. would be the upset. Correct. Okay. So, do you want to hear mine, or do you want to explain your reasoning? Um, I w- I want to hear yours. I want to hear what okay. yours are. All right. So I think I am in a gr- I think that Spider-Man 2 is going to be the winner here in this one. 
I think mm-hmm. the upset would actually be Resident Evil 4. Really? The, so the reason for it is it's more of uh, it's it's not to say anything bad about Resident Evil 4 because it is a great game, but the problem is though is that it's it's a remaster. It it's not introducing anything different than the game was originally like what 15 years ago. I I guess it would it's, be an upset. Right. See, it's some it's just frustrating because it's like it's a game that's already been out and all that's different about this game is that it's been remade in or remastered in 4K and that like it's got newer graphics and that but it's the exact same game. Like you have been playing through it. I know they changed mm-hmm. the um I know they changed the uh the dealer and that in there and he's not as goofy as he was in the original game but the majority right. of it I would say about like 90% of it is the same as the original. So like what's the what's the key thing here that really sets it apart from these other things, you know, and what's it really changed ever since it came out? Not not a lot. And that's why it's like I see Marvel Spider-Man 2 being kind of the on the action adventure part is one thing. Um but I guess I could kind of also see though like Tears of the Kingdom though kind of being up there as well cuz it was a pretty good one. The, the other ones were good yeah. as well, but I I don't know. It's just Resident Evil 4 being a remake is or a remaster is just it's I, I don't know. It see, just feels like it's kind of disingenuous to have it here. See and I I feel like that's why I I didn't pick it is that it it's disingenuous to me because it is a a remake or and it it, it is almost more of a remaster. I mean they did remake portions of the game. Um of course, like you said, the the dealer's completely different. You walk into areas like uh, going into the second area once you meet. Oh, and now I just re- uh, forgot his name. Uh, but the uh, the dude that wears the the cowboy shirt. Um, yeah, the and, Spanish guy. I can't remember. His yeah, name. the Spanish guy. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, after you meet him, you walk out into the area and. Um, on the original version, there's a merchant right there, and you're like on a cliffside area. This time, it's like, whoa, where's the cliffside area? And you walk up to the cliffside area. It's totally different. Um, it's formatted different. So, I mean, there there are some changes that that are good, um, and I really enjoyed in the game. But yeah. I don't feel like it belongs on this list, and I, I I would rather see one of the other one of those to win. Honestly, okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the next category here then. And that category is best RPG for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. And on our list, we've got Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. Oh, dear. Hmm. I I think this is the one actually that I talked about last night that I that I told you my picks and I am gonna change it. What do you because, got? Because you know I I think people have forgotten a little bit about Final Fantasy at this point and it was it did have a good story, but I think best RPG is gonna be Baldur's Gate and my upset is gonna be Sea of Stars. Okay. And I, the reason I I pick Sea of Stars is yeah I was gonna ask it, Chrono Trigger it it just has that Chrono Trigger feel <laughs> I feel like yeah that's a good one it, it's 
since it's it's come out, it's gained more and more traction. People have been more and more attracted to to the idea of playing something that reminds them of of the the Chrono Trigger style with the the really rich story. Uh, but I I feel like it would be an upset if it if it won just because it would pass uh Baldur's Gate Final Fantasy well and even Starfield I mean shoot I mean Lives of P I I've heard you know good and bad things mostly good but I it, it's got a rich enough story and a good enough RPG that it's getting a sequel so um I don't know that that speaks for itself but yeah that that's that would be my picks I will agree on the upset with Sea of Stars here, um, but I'm torn between two of them, and it's Baldur's Gate 3 and Starfield. Um, while Starfield does follow the standard Bethesda narrative for their RPGs, mm-hmm. I feel that the take on the space exploration part of it and the investment of time that they've taken to actually bring in basically real-world experiences with this into developing these things. More specifically, they worked with NASA on getting things all sorted out. Like, they actually created a whole new term called NASA punk because of this. Like, it's one of those things where they basically worked out, like, what, like, outside of the the goofiness of... um, of the artifacts and getting these abilities and such. Um, If you kind of look close enough at these things though, is that it does show a lot more of this like natural progression of humanity. It's kind of like looking at that difference between say like star Wars and star Trek where star Wars is, is about fantasy and such. And yeah, it does involve Mm -hmm. space in that, but there are a lot of things that happen in space where, regular physics in that don't necessarily apply to things. And, and, you know, there's definitely more mysticism to it. Whereas Star Trek is more about the continuation of humanity as we know it right now is about, you know, things that have happened in human history or will happen in human history, potentially happen in human history and how they shape leading up to that point where we now have Starfleet and this exploring of the galaxy and all these different things. It's, it's that difference between, you know, a fantasy game and actually having something that seems to kind of ground itself in some sort of, of standard reality again, minus the, the powers and the the artifacts and that. So that's why Mm -hmm. I'm kind of torn with it. Baldur's Gate three, on the other hand though, is literally your own dungeons and dragons campaign in video game form. And I can't, I can't pass that up. That's a fantastic thing. That means that you can have all these different things happen to you, or you can have all these different realities come in because you roll the one or you roll the nat 20. So I'm torn. I'm really stuck. You can literally do the one thing you're not supposed to do if you overthink it in the game. Exactly. There, there, there's a gem that you you have to have in your inventory all the time. You can't actually remove it from your inventory, but you it'll it'll end the game if you do it <laughs> in the most negative way. But you can put it in a jar and throw it off a cliff as long as it's in a jar. And I mean. To think that that far ahead, wow, wow. Ah, yeah. So, I'm stuck. I'm really yeah. stuck on on who to pick for those. So, that's why it's like I'll leave it at Baldur's Gate three and and Starfield. So, um, let's move on to the next category though, which is best fighting. 
for the best game design, primarily around head-to-head combat. And in the nominations, we've got God of Rock, Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, Pocket Bravery, and Street Fighter 6. Kyle, I think I know what you're going to pick here, at least as your vote, but I'm not sure on your, your upset, but what do you got? Well, my vote, of course, is Street Fighter 6. Uh, my upset is actually going to be Street Fighter 6, <laughs> and my people's choice is going to be Street Fighter 6. <laughs> now, uh, Street Fighter 6, in in my opinion, it, it, looking at all these games, is fighting game perfection. Um, they did such a good job um, just with everything in it. The character creator, the, the characters you can play as, uh, the different modes, uh, even the on- online stuff that you have the ability to play classic um, fighting games or even some of the like side-scroller beat-em-ups and someone can walk up to the cabinet and play with you. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's j- There's just so much you can do as far as like, wow, this is this is what Street Fighter should have been like on you know Xbox One or Xbox 360. They could have been doing this like two generations ago, but we've got it and it, it's it's great. My upset's actually going to be Mortal Kombat. And, I mean, it's Mortal Kombat, so it, it's a great fighting game. But why do you make me pay for fatalities? Come on, guys. That is a pretty bad thing, especially because the fatalities in Mortal Kombat are such a mainstay for that series. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I mean, why would you? What's Mortal Kombat without fatalities? Right. Um. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think... Street Fighter 6 is going to walk away with this one, and I think my upset may also be Mortal Kombat 1. But I'm looking at these other games that are on here. Obviously, of course, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2 is basically the the Smash Brothers of the Nickelodeon universe. Um, But I really like the look of God of Rock. God of Rock is a fighting game that relies on rhythm. You're basically playing like a Guitar Hero-style game, and Mm -hmm. as long as you hit your your quote-unquote notes... Um, you're going to attack, but as soon as you miss, then you're going to start taking damage from the other person. And so it's a rhythm fighting game, uh, so to speak. Um, whereas, of course, Pocket Bravery, on the other hand, this game looks more like if you took the Scott Pilgrim side-scroller game that had come out in the uh, late 2000s, early 2010s, um, mm. and turn that specifically to just a straight-up fighting game. Uh, that's about roughly what this is. It's like if it's like if someone had the idea to take Street Fighter and give it that same art style and make it look a little bit chibi, that's about what this kind of looks like. And that's not to say that it is a bad thing. I always like uniqueness in that in different ways here, but that's about what that one is. But God of Rock looks really interesting. I may actually have to go and get that one. But yeah, I'm going to stick with Street Fighter 6 and Mortal Kombat 1 on this one too. For sure. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on to this next fun category. Best family for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. So in this one, we've got Disney Illusion Island, Party Animals, Pikmin 4, Sonic Superstars, and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. I think I've got my two figured out, Kyle. What do you think? Um, It's a toughie. It is a tough one. Um, I, 
I I think I'm gonna go with. Shoot, man, this is this is. Do you want me to do mine think, really quick? Yeah, go ahead and do yours. Give you a second to think about. Okay, I'm going to say Sonic Superstars is going to get the award with an honorable mention for Party Animals, and I think my upset would be Disney Illusion Island. Okay, yeah, I think our upset is the same. Um, I think my best family one is is gonna actually be Pikmin. Okay. Um, I I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, Pikmin Four does have co-op. Uh, but beyond yes, it does. That, yeah. Um, beyond that, um, it it's it's a game that you know adults can enjoy. They can enjoy with their kids, and then they can walk away from, and they can feel all right knowing that their kids are playing it by themselves. And I I, I think that's why it's. I, it's my top one for the category. Sonic Superstars. It it's good. It it's it, it's definitely following that new Sonic format that seems to be working a little bit better. You know, going back to the roots, or you know, going completely off the wall and trying something new. Uh, in this case, kind of both. But beyond that, I I I don't know. I just I felt like it didn't necessarily hit the mark as much as like something like Pikmin or Super Mario Brothers Disney Illusion Island it it's a great family be- game because it, it's another one that you can you can walk away from and your kids can continue to play and it's not like they they don't or you're you're not like killing anything in the game you're solving puzzles and beyond that you don't really ever die in the game yeah, I think that's that's a fair assessment there. So I look at so when it comes to the family game part itself, so I pick Sonic because like Mario, it's got that heritage behind it. And so mm-hmm. I would see a lot of it, especially in the family sense where parents who grew up with these games, kind of like in a situation I did, you know, or at least the the classics of these games, have a way to sort of branch out and bring their their kids into enjoying these games with them. Um, you know, in some capacity. And of course, like with the the multitude of characters in Sonic, not only just Sonic himself, but Tails, Knuckles, um, even potentially Amy as well, you've got kind of a character potentially for everybody. And I just think that that kind of opens it up that you could all play together in some way. Um, don't get me wrong, I think Pikmin 4 is is a strong one there too, When you, especially you're talking about like, you know, you can leave the kids alone and let them play that. I, stu- the, I still see that in Sonic Superstars, but I see that more like in the aspect that you can get them to play together and accomplish more together than you could in the multiplayer of Pikmin because if I remember right, the multiplayer in there is sort of limited to what the actual main player is doing. So if you're playing as Olimar, for example, um, you could end up playing not necessarily as another... Uh, space traveler but as another like um what do i want to say like one of the pikmin or that that dog creature thing there too that you can end up playing as as well and you're sort of bound to what they allow you to do it's similar to right. the multiplayer i think of in super mario odyssey where it has it and you can play as as cappy if you want to as player two you don't get to do a lot though um Honorable mention with party animals is that it's just it's it's goofy to play around with what looks like a bunch of people running around in in mascot costumes, just beating the crap out of each other as a family. At least you know in a fun and friendly way. That's not 
Mortal Kombat and scarring your children with fatalities. Um, <clears throat> so that's why it gets my honorable mention. But Disney Illusion Island, of course, gets the upset here just because it's it's another Disney title. It's just it's you can't escape it. I mean, they own every freaking company out there anyway now too. So it's like we're gonna come across something of theirs as well. But I don't know. It just seems like one that I would think personally, excuse me, is uh, I don't think it's all the way up there with it. I think these other ones are stronger. Right. But with that, it brings us to the next category, the best sim strategy uh, game uh, with the titles for uh, Advanced Wars 1 and 2, Reboot Camp, City Skylines 2, Company of Heroes 3, Fire Emblem Engage, and Pikmin 4. This is a tough one for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, um, this is tough. I, I I think you know what my my pick's going to be, even though that I don't know if it necessarily has a chance. Um, yeah. But my pick's going to be Advance Wars. Um, I have a it, it's, it's a classic. They did a really good job. I've sunk some time into it, and I've really enjoyed getting back into it. Um, even going, uh, busting back out my Game Boy Advance copy, it's like, this is just a ton of fun to play on the Switch. They should have done this at the launch of the console, honestly. It's it's that much fun. And, you know, hopefully they can see how well it's done and continue on with the series. Um, I think my upset... It's going to be Pikmin 4. <laughs> okay. I, I don't really know how to vote in this one here because... Yeah. The problem is, like, I don't know enough about Fire Emblem Engage. I don't know what's really changed in Company of Heroes 3. Um, and, like, I never, like, really played the Advance Wars titles, so it's tough for me to provide kind of context on that one. I look at you on that one. The only one I can make any mm-hmm. mention of here is City Skylines 2, but the problem I have with City Skylines 2 is that, if I remember right, it's still technically in a broken state right now, and I and there's a reason why for that is apparently when some people were starting to play it when it first came out, and uh, I don't know if they fixed this or not yet. You have to forgive me on this one if they have, but um, there were some people who were investigating why there were so many performance issues with this game when it came out, and it turns out that Colossal Order uh, actually ended up modeling all of the different little NPC characters that run around in your city, all of your citizens, they model mm-hmm. them with such fine details that some people were actually able to, like, they were able to count polygons on teeth on these little characters running around. Wow. And this is a city builder. So you imagine your population comes up and you have all these running around. That means that even at a zoomed out level, all of that stuff still has to render and be calculated accordingly. Ugh. And it's like That's gotta I'm be a sorry, for what? Computer. Yeah, I imagine like my computer would be on fire. Mine would look like it has a jet engine. It's stuck out the back of it. Um, but you know, I don't know if any of that's been fixed. I imagine there's been optimization since because it has been out for a little while. I don't know if I have an answer for this category, Kyle. I'm so stuck. I don't know. Go with your gut. <laughs> 
I'll go with your gut and I'll give it to Advance Wars one and two and uh, one and two reboot camp and upset to Pikmin four. Cool. I'll go with your gut on this one. Damn it. Right on. All right. Well, that moves us into the next category for best sports and racing title uh, with EA Sports uh, Football Club 24, uh, F1 23, Forza Motorsport, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, Turbocharged, and The Crew Motorfest. Uh this this is one that's tough for me because I don't play a lot of sports games. I I think you know what my top one's gonna be, because um, yours is probably the same. Probably go for it. Uh, Forza is gonna yes. be my pick because that that's honestly the only one that I've played. The only other one that I know anything about, I is gonna be my upset, and that's F one twenty three. Okay, so and just because I know it's. I, I see videos of that one being tested because it it's so realistic and it, it, it does capture the Formula One racing very well. Um, but I've never played it and I've only seen small videos of it. So I, I, I think that's the only reason I'm going with that one. Okay. So yeah, my choice on this one for award would be Forza Motorsport as well. Um, and then... Uh, I want to give an honorable mention to Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 just because it's it's Hot Wheels racing. And so if you enjoyed the Hot Wheels stuff in Forza Horizon, uh, this oh, is definitely a good like this is definitely a good like next thing, though, to actually play, you know, where it's like you want that full experience. It's good. My upset would actually be EA Sports FC 24 because one of the things that I've talked about in the past, and I've, I've been a very vocal like advocate for this, I am tired of yearly sports game releases. Like, I am tired of Madden yearly releases, tired of NBA 2K releases, tired of MLB yearly releases. I'm at the point now that we've seen successful games come out that are released once, and then have modifications or upgrades to content as time goes on to be able to improve those further. And what way to actually spell that success other than something like Fortnite, for example, which, of course, survives on the microtransaction part, but they they have done so well that they have made a boatload of money on that game alone. Now, you could sell this game once. Like, you could sell, like, a a Madden game or EA Sports Football Club. You could sell it once and then yearly charge $20 or something, $25 maybe, not the full amount, to upgrade the in-game stuff to be able to bring you in line with everything else. Don't make me buy another game. Don't make other people buy another game. Like, how much really changes in this stuff? Sure, there's other ways to calculate stats. There's other ways to calculate how stuff is going to work and run. There's there's going to be new maps or or stadiums or things to put in, but does that really require a full re-release of the game? No, it doesn't. Right. That's why my upset's EA yeah. Sports uh, FC24. That That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. All right. Well, let's talk multiplayer now, Kyle. We're in the best multiplayer category. Uh, this one, of course, for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. We've got Baldur's Gate 3, Diablo 4, Party Animals, Street Fighter 6, and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. This is another one I'm a little stuck on. You know, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, and they're both kind of upsets in a way. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 for my pick and Street Fighter 6 for my upset. The reason Baldur's Gate 3 uh, for my pick, and I say it's kind of an upset, is because of the fact that you can't necessarily... I, I, I don't know if it's changed or um, if it's something that you can turn on, on and off, but if I'm not mistaken, if, if you start a multiplayer match or... I guess session with someone and you, you start an actual story, you have to kind of have that person with you all the time to continue the story. If I'm not mistaken, um, it, it's basically like them being absent from the table um, and just not being able to continue, you know, your D and D campaign because they're absent from the ta table. That being said, um, the re uh, the reason I picked Street Fighter VI uh, for my upset is it's a fighting game. And really, at its base, fighting games don't really have a whole lot to them. You pick, you know, how many of what character. Granted, it does have custom characters that you can create and use, you know, in in different uh, configurations. And I it's got multiple slots for different characters. But at its core, it's always just a fighting game. They do have multiple modes, which is really awesome, and that that's not something that we've seen before. You know, you can just go into your standard multiplayer. You can go into the online arena, which is, you know, an actual arena that has arcade machines lining an arena that you can walk down to and fight with your custom character in the arena, or you can walk up to a machine, and as long as someone walks up to that machine, you can fight them, or you can play storyline while you wait, or watch someone else. Or at the very back, you can walk up and play classic arcade games. It's just... But it, it you're still playing fighting games. So it, it's, it's just a fighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I... I think... I think in this one, I would pick definitely between Baldur's Gate 3 and Diablo 4 for the award. Ooh, yeah. And I think, yeah, the upset would be Street Fighter 6. Just because, like like you said, I think the, I think the biggest hang-up with Baldur's Gate 3 is just that, is what you had said. The, um, uh, the uh, problem where if, like, say, you and I were to play the game together and you didn't want to play... I couldn't just carry on and play because your save is locked to this and we have to keep going just like playing, you know, meeting up for D&D. &D. You know, they keep that sort of interaction together, which that's fair. Mm -hmm. I get it. That's their mechanic. But Diablo 4, I don't have to wait on you to play. I can just use the exact same character and just go hop in and play and then you can hop in as long as I think the level cap or the level gap between you and I isn't that much by the time like you want to hop in and play again. Right. You know, I think that would be the big thing. So yeah, that's where that's where I sit. I think yeah, Street Fighter 6 for sure. It's I'm right there with you. 
I don't think there's anything else to say on it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've got uh, three more categories here to go through, including our game of the year category. And that is uh, next one up is best adaptation, recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts a video game to another entertainment medium. So the nominees in this one are Castlevania Nocturne, Gran Turismo, The Last of Us, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Twisted Metal. Kyle, I've already got my upset here right now in my head, but I'm a little mixed up on on the winners here for sure. So what do you think? Yeah, because uh, I'll be honest, uh, my I one, one of the top row, I'm not... I have no clue on. I know it's kind of based on a true story, that being Gran Turismo. Um, I I think our upsets might be the same, just because if it wins, I I I will lose my mind, like in not in a good way. But I think, oh man, yeah. Just for love of the series, I'm going to go with Castlevania Nocturne as my pick. Okay. And my upset, because like I said, I'll probably tear out my hair and and drown myself if it actually happens, would be Twisted Metal. <laughs> okay. Um. So my pick here is going to be... I'm torn between the Super Mario Brothers movie and The Last of Us as the as the award, and that's only because The Last of Us was so well done and mm-hmm. and so kept up. I I caught a few episodes of it, and it was so well done and so lined up with with the game itself. Of course, a few liberties here and there, but nothing that really detracted away. It's not like the Halo series. That's why it's not on this list. Um, but then the Super Mario Brothers movie was a great way to basically bridge the gap for Mario into the movie world that wasn't the live-action Bob Hoskins movie from the early 90s. Um, th- this was an interesting take on it, but at the same time, it felt like Mario. Like, they did the best that they could to adapt it, and it didn't feel like it was so out of place. Plus, a lot of the little behind the scenes thing in the in the in the movie itself like where you'd see like the Yoshi coin from Super Mario World or the uh uh some of the paintings from Super Mario 64 were in the castle as well too you know di- different little things like that that just stuck out and mm-hmm. were awesome to see that's why I'm kind of torn between the two and I, I like I enjoyed the Super Mario Brothers movie so that's why I'm stuck between those two and I can't really give a good hard answer on them but my upset is Gran Turismo. And the reason for that one is that I, I was, so I did watch that movie in full. Um, the upset on it is one that I, I do agree with. And this is something that was actually covered in the media is that there is a scene in the movie that over dramatizes the crash of uh, a competitor's vehicle in the movie Um and they use that crash to basically further along the narrative of the story to basically offer like this motivation of sorts to the main character when in reality that's not the thing that happened and the family of the deceased driver was so upset and so un- like frustrated with the movie uh with the movie studio and the producers and the directors actually 
moving forward with this type of thing to use their tragedy as a as a way to like or to rewrite it to make it look like it inspired this other person it's just it's 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 not a fair thing and it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna adapt i know it's only one part of this but if you're gonna adapt you can't take liberty you can't take a liberty like that especially when it deals with life and death because this is based on a real story versus last of us and super mario brothers movie yeah it's based on a real thing and that's why it's that's why it's like that would be an upset for me because it is a good movie but that's a big red flag for me yeah so that's why that one will be my upset but i'm still torn between last of us and super mario brothers movie <laughs> so all right kyle let's move on to the next bit here this is our second to last category most anticipated game and Kyle, I will even allow you to mention a game that is not in this list, if you so choose, because I know there's others that you're even probably considering in your head coming out this next year. Um, but we, yeah, no, like, I'm I'm gonna stick with the okay, list. Okay, okay, just because it's fair. Fair enough. Um, so in this, the category most anticipated game is recognizing an announced game that has demonstrated illustrative potential to push the gaming medium forward. We've got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades Two, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. Star Wars Outlaws and Tekken Eight. Hmm. What do you my, think? My my most anticipated, and I really hope it actually gets it, just because of all the stuff that's come out about it and how. And I've heard it's supposed to be shorter, and then they turned around and said, "No, this is the longest one." Uh, like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. Um, not only is it a Yakuza game. To the core, but it's the RPG style Yakuza game. Uh, so you get the JRPG, you get your Yakuza game, you get all the other games that they always include in a Yakuza game. If you go to the Sega arcade, and <laughs> there's basically Animal Crossing in this one, and Danny Trejo. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly why yeah. that's a good pick. Yeah, um. My upset because, and I'm I'm, it's not really an upset. I'm super excited about it, but it's totally off the wall from anything else on the list. Is Hades two? Oh, yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, I, I think I'll say my upset first off would be Tekken eight. Because it, it like the the fighting scene is already pretty full, and I know that Tekken has a place in people's hearts when it comes to the fighting scene anyway. But the fact that we've got a new Street Fighter, we had the new Mortal Kombat, now we got a new Tekken coming out. We've also potentially got killer a this Killer Instinct refresh going on here soon too. Like I'm just waiting to hear like out of nowhere, hey, here's a new Soul Calibur game for you guys. Oh and my just, god, like, I would love that. I'm just saying, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like fighting is just getting some sort of crazy resurgence here at the moment. Um. But I don't know. I think I think Star Wars Outlaws is actually the one I'd give the award to. And it is, a, yeah, it's a Star Wars game. I know that. But the biggest thing that sets it apart is that it's it brings me back to the idea of like what Republic Commando was in the sense that it's not a Star Wars game about playing as a Jedi. It's not a Star Wars game about having to deal with anything that really like deals with the Force, at least based on what they talk about here. You're set in the Star Wars universe, but you're 
effectively a a normal person, so to speak. You are a you know you are an outlaw. You're you're a smuggler. You're a runner. You're you're doing all these things that don't involve all of this other stuff like that Star Wars has been known to be. And that's mm-hmm. what fascinates me about it is that it's like I'm cool with it being set in the Star Wars universe, just kind of like how the Mandalorian was a breath of fresh air when that uh, TV series came out on Disney plus sure. It had the, the mysticism and such. And then, you know, we led into things that dealt with the force and the Jedi and that as the series went on, but it offered a breath of fresh air that didn't deal with lightsabers and force lightning and order 66, you know, it didn't deal with any of that. It just, it was, that's why I, I look forward to this one. I think that's where my vote is, is that this is most, that's going to be the most anticipated. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, well, Kyle, we have reached the end. Yeah. The coup de gras, the game of the year. That's right. So if, if everyone didn't know already, the, the category includes Alan Wake two, Baldur's Gate three, Marvel Spider-Man two, Resident Evil four, Super Mario Brothers wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Oh my god. This is going to be interesting because one of these games definitely does not deserve to be on here. And that's why it's my upset. Uh, I I really want something else to be an upset just because I'd like it to win too. Um, But with that being said, my upset is going to be Resident Evil 4. It doesn't Same belong here. on Game of the Year. No. It it shouldn't be here. It was already released. It is new, technically, yes. But, I mean, it's a retelling of the same story that we got. And it's, it, is it, what, 15 years old? That, that was my like guess. That? I don't remember exactly how old it is. It may be older I don't than know, that, too. But yeah, I, I just... It was such a good game that it didn't really need to be remade. And I remember thinking and hearing the question asked multiple times, does this game need to be remade? It's about 18 and, years old now, Kyle. Oh, okay. Well, I guess maybe it did, but did it, though? Because I can still go back to the old Resident Evil 4, and I still have fun. And I can I can swap between the two, and it's... It is the same experience. It's different, but let's face it, it it's kind of the same. That's why I um, that's why I made that comment is because it's it's like I said earlier. Yeah, that's my upset as well too. I just I get it. I understand. I'm actually a little surprised that Resident Evil Four VR was not in the AR VR category. Um, mm-hmm. Instead, like I know Village was in there, but still. Um, I just don't know why this one was chosen. That that's the other thing. Yeah, we we are getting Resident Evil 4 VR uh remake VR, I want to say this week or whatever. Um I believe, right? Or maybe it's later this month. I can't remember. Yeah, regardless, it's sometime this month we're supposed to be getting it. We we just announced it on the news the other day, but at any rate they they just announced the or they they just put out the original Resident Evil Four in VR and it sold very successfully, and that was yeah. right before the launch of Resident Evil Four Remake. So it 
it's just mind boggling that, you know, they can they can make the, the money on both sides of it and still go, ah, oh, it's two different games, but it's not. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm getting unnecessarily upset about it. <laughs> it's my, a big deal. My though. game of the year is Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Okay. Because what a story rich, do anything Dungeons and Dragons experience. You can end it by throwing a life crystal, your your own life crystal off the, the cliff and, and ending the game and making everything bad happen right there. You can, you can mate with a bear person. You can <laughs> seduce a vampire. I there's just so and you can roll critical misses. How 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 often in games do you have guns jam? Do you have just the off the wall mishaps that you can have in Baldur's Gate or for that matter the natural twenty miraculously I punched a hole through their head moments. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm right there with you, but I want to, as a close second here, at least, or even you consider it a toss-up between the two, uh, besides Baldur's Gate 3, would have to be Marvel Spider-Man 2. I think Insomniac really has their groove going with the with the Spider-Man series that they've been they've been working on. And I think that they have shown great improvement between the between Spider-Man and Miles Morales to bring Spider-Man 2 to life and to enrich the Spider-Man story with this differing character set, at least as it relates to Venom. Uh, but more so than anything, I think because they went the, like, I don't want to call it the, uh, like, you know, they didn't go a safe route. They didn't go like Green Goblin, mm -hmm. Doc Ock or anything. They went Craven the Hunter as the other main bad guy in this game. And I think for them to do that instead was kind of a telling, though, that they knew that their game was well put together and that by introducing Craven, it was the right time because they knew they could integrate him really well. And so I think with that, and of course the, the fact that the technical side of it, of being able to jump between Miles and Peter in the game pretty seamlessly similar to like how GTA five has it. Um, mm -hmm. I would say that's pretty on point. So that's why yeah. I, it's a toss up for me between those two. Yeah. And not just like how almost exactly like how GTA has it. I mean, you can go from being miles and then swap to Peter and all of a sudden you're doing sit-ups on upside down on the side of a building. And you know, you swap back to miles and you're, you know, perched on the side of a building somewhere just watching traffic it like they they did a really good job to take the care in and thought into planning out the transitions to planning out the story to knowing it was the right time to to you know not not get hung up on the same bad guys uh they could have done a little bit more with i i feel like the enemies but i mean it, they're they're showing that they're on the right path they're they've there's always or already been mentioned that the Marvel Wolverine potentially could take place in the same universe, um, which is even more exciting news. Because then, you know, we're 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 seeing that the story is just going to develop even that much further. What what more Spider-Man could we get from Insomniac because of the way their development is going? Exactly. 
But I, I, I think I could give agree with you with giving that a close second. But my, my heart's still set on Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Fair enough, man. But with that, that is it actually for this special edition episode of the NPCs Discuss, where we have given all of you our thoughts on the Game Awards 2023 and what we think are going to be the winners and what are going to be the upsets if they are winners. Kyle, any other notes to add before we fully wrap up this uh, episode? Um, I, I can't think of anything. Um, of course, a lot of my upsets were just like double picks because I, I'm so indecisive, but um, I don't know. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a good show. Um, hopefully we get another address from Jeff on, on some of the categories that were in question as far as like indie titles and maybe some clarification of what what'll be looked at next year going into the the show of what what qualifies you as an indie title and you know if they need to make changes to the show i'm glad to see you know some things disappearing from the show and i i really hope that everything goes smoothly and i i I can't wait to talk about the uh, results afterwards with you. Sounds like a plan to me. But with that, that is it for this episode of the NPCs Discuss. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Of course, if you like what you're listening to, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. But if you're not sure where to find us, you can check us out on your favorite podcast platform, anchor.fm slash the-mcs-podcast. We call it the favorite because that's where we're hosted at. All of the different platforms that we are on are listed there. So be sure to go check them out and find the one that works for you. But again, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time. Laters.